We're in the book of Ruth this morning, Ruth chapter 1. My sermon title is, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Now, some of you older uh, uh, people might remember the rock song, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And I was afraid that Kaylee would get up and sing that this morning. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm just bear with me. I've got a message from this, uh, and I, the Monday night Bible study group that comes over to the house, they asked me uh, a couple weeks ago about a question in Ruth, and uh, it just kind of started stirring my heart, and I thought, Lord, if, if you'll let me, I'll, I'll preach a series on, on the book of Ruth and how sweet it is, how beautiful a book it is. It's probably one of the most beautiful Old Testament books in all of Scripture. Uh, and it, if you don't know this about me, see, we're going into our first fall and winter together, uh, and there's a few things that you're, you're going to learn about me the longer I'm here. Uh, but my favorite Old Testament book is the book of Ruth. It is one of my favorite books. Uh, so y'all pray for us this morning, and we'll try to uh, give you what the Lord put on our heart uh, this week. And so if you have your Bibles, Ruth chapter 1, starting in verse number 13. All right, I'll ask you to stand this morning, just a few verses. Reverence the reading of God's Word this morning. Ruth chapter 1, verse number 13, it says, Would you tarry for them till they were grown? And would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go uh, with her, then she left speaking unto her. I'm going to read that last verse. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord, as humble as I know how. Father, I need your help this morning. Father, as every time that I step behind this sacred desk, Father, I ask that you would fill me with your spirit, God, this morning. God, I don't know who here needs to hear this message. Father, it might just be for me. God, you know that I was walking through a, a dry spell over the last couple of weeks, but Father, when you laid this on my heart, God, I'm thankful for the fresh bread that you gave me. God, I'm thankful for the, uh, the fresh anointing, God, that you've given. And Father, I pray that you'd help me to preach this, God, according to thy will. And God, I don't know who will be watching by the way of internet today, but God, I pray uh, that as they watch, that they will hear the voice of God speak. And Lord, I pray, dear God, that you draw them to repentance. Lord, I pray that they would accept Christ as their Savior. And God, I pray that if there's someone here this morning, God, that doesn't know you, uh, God, that they will come and that they will uh, drink from the fountain of life and that they will taste of the bread of life that you give. Father, we love you today. God, hide me behind the cross for uh, just a few moments, Father, and I'll be Careful to give you the praise, honor, and glory today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you. May be seated. Uh, before I get into the sermon today, I want us to, to have a historical context of, of where we're coming from. And so uh, the Bible says in the first couple of verses, and I'm going to read that, uh, it's going to kind of be an expository message, but uh, just follow along with me if you will. In verse number one, it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of this of uh, the man was Elimelech, and that word Elimelech means my God is king. And the name of his wife, Naomi, and Naomi means pleasantness or lovely. And the name of his two sons, Melon and Chilion, uh, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons, and they took them wives of the women of Moab, the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. So we understand this morning, uh, and some of you may not understand this morning, but I want us to look at Judges chapter 21, and this ain't in our notes, but uh, just turn the page of, of, of Ruth 1, and you'll go to Judges chapter 21, and notice the last verse of this uh, uh, book it says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now this is a place of where God dwelt. This was Bethlehem, Judah. If you don't understand, uh, uh, that is uh, the place of Israel as we know it today. It's kind of uh, in that particular part of the land. This is where God's people met. This is the land uh, that God had given to his people, but uh, in the day of Judges, uh, God set up Judges to reign. And we understand the last, uh, after, uh, uh, let's see, Samson is in Judges 16, somewhere right after uh, 16, around chapter 19, uh, through the book of uh, chapter 21, the Judges that ruled, it, it, it didn't give us a specific uh, uh, story, but it's about several different Judges who are judging the land, who done what was right in their own eyes. They didn't do what God told them to do. They disobeyed God. They went their own way, and therefore destruction and famine was coming upon the place where God was. The word Bethlehem, Judah. I don't know if your Bible does it or not, but my Bible hyphenates those words. Bethlehem is a word that means the house of bread. And Bethlehem was known for their barley and for their wheat and, and for their abundance of bread. They were uh, bread makers and, and they would winnow barley and they would beat out the barley and the wheat and, and they would have threshing floors and they would go to work and they were all hardworking people and God blessed them in the bread production and they could supply many countries with bread. But now we see that they're in a famine land uh, and, and that famine has taken away their harvest of barley and their harvest of wheat and they cannot produce the amount of bread that they once had. Uh, the word Judah means praise. Now, where God is not at, there will not be any praise. Can I get an amen? See, where God is, that's where praise will be. If there is sin in your life, you are not going to praise the Lord. But if you walk in accordance to the Word of God, then by the Holy Spirit, there will be praise that comes into your life. And by your lips, you ought to praise the Lord. But the sinner does not praise. Now, I want us to understand something, that 
God used to dwell in Bethlehem, Judah. And I'm not saying that he didn't in this particular time, but every man was walking according to his own way. And every man done that which was right in his own eye. The book of Ruth is still in the time period of the judges. So Ruth goes, uh, the four chapters that we have in our Bible, today it still correlates with the book of Judges. And so we understand this morning uh, that uh, during this time, Ruth and Orpah, they are uh, daughters of somebody uh, of the land of Moab. In Genesis chapter 19, we find uh, that uh, Lot is delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah. God has destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. His wife has turned back and she became a pillar of salt. Uh, the Lord destroyed her that day for looking back. And she did not. She decided to uh, stay in Sodom and Gomorrah rather than going where God was leading Lot. So we see that Lot and his two daughters left Sodom and Gomorrah. God spared them. God had mercy upon them. But in the very next chapter, in chapter 19 of Genesis, we find at the end of the chapter there that Lot's daughters decided to get him drunk. They filled him with a, a strong drink. And the oldest and the youngest went in and they slept with them. And the cities, or the uh, they had two sons by the name of Ammon and by the name of Moab. And Moab means wash pot. There was, nothing, there was no prophets there. There was no men of God there. There was no uh, prophetesses there. But anyway, uh, so for Elimelech, who, whose name I told you said, means my God is king. Uh, a man who once recognized the creator of the universe as the only God in his life because of the circumstances that had came upon his land. He sold everything that he had and went down to sojourn in the land of Moab. He went down where there was no food, or where there was no man of God, where there was no Holy Spirit, where there was no temple, there was no tabernacle, there was no place of worship, but he left everything that he had. He left uh, God in Bethlehem, Judah. He left uh, the places of worship in Bethlehem, Judah. He sold everything that he had, took his wealth and took his family to a place that is represented as sin. It is represented as the wash pot of sin. A place that was birthed out of incest. A place that was birthed in rebellion against God. Elimelech. Now that word sojourn, it just means to tarry. It just means uh, kind of like a vacation. I know the Claytons, they went to Colorado for a few days. I know that uh, Cassie and I, were about to go to Tennessee for a wedding this weekend. And uh, that's basically what sojourning is. We're going to Tennessee to sojourn, but we're coming back. And in Elimelech's mind, in the beginning stages of this, Elimelech said, I'm going to go so sojourn uh, with my family. I'm going to go vacation in Moab just for a little while until the famine is done away with in Bethlehem, and then I'm going to return home, and I'm going to spend the rest of my days in Bethlehem. But notice in verse 1 it says, and went to sojourn in the country of Moab. Now look at verse number 2. The last line says, and continued there. Let me say this, friend. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will rob you of everything that you've got. Look at verse number 3, the last part. No, verse number 4, the last part. It says, and they dwelled there about 
10 years. They had already forgotten about the blessings that they had in Bethlehem. They had already forgotten about the place of worship in Bethlehem. They got so comfortable living in sin. They got so comfortable living away from the Holy Spirit and, and the anointing of God in that time that they dwelled in the land of Moab about 10 years. They made their livelihood there. Their, their sons, Malon and Chilion, their names mean puny and pining or sickly and pining. It was uh, suggested that uh, Malon, meaning uh, sickly, was a premature child and that he uh, uh, dealt with difficult things all throughout his life. So I find it interesting that Elimelech, who is my God, is king. And Naomi means the pleasant one or lovely. Uh, they had children who did not represent the same thing that they did. Because their hearts had departed from the living God. Their hearts, their attitude, their actions had departed. The land of worship, the land of praise, the land of bread. And so Elimelech and his family went but to sojourn. In Moab, but as they were there, they were enticed by the worldly riches and pleasures of Moab, where there was no prophet, pastor, or a godly person, and they continued there for so long that the father and the two sons died. They died. They became what they had partaken in. They left full and they lost it all. Sin will take you further than you want to go. And it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. This morning, or this week, as I was studying this and reading this chapter, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. And I was reading Ruth, and uh, I wasn't real sure if the Lord was going to let me preach this sermon or not. Uh, I told Cassius that I just, I don't really feel any leading in this, but uh, as soon as I had told her that, the Lord said, Ben, I told you to wait. And so the, it, it was not very long after that, the Lord directed me uh, to a New Testament book of John chapter 6. And if you find in John chapter 6 that Jesus, he is leading his disciples and the followers into, uh, he's leading them back into the city. They were in the wilderness or they were walking outside of the city and, and uh, his disciples came to him and said, Father or, or Master, uh, we need to send these people back home. Because it's getting late, it's getting dusky, uh, it's getting uh, kind of dim outside. We need to send them back home so that they can go and prepare themselves meals. And he uh, turned and looked to the disciples and he said, Give ye them to eat. And they said, Well, Lord, how in the world are we going to feed? Now, if you read in uh, Matthew, uh, I believe it is in Mark chapter, uh, let's see, Mark chapter 6, it gives us a description of about how many people were there. And it says there was about 5,000 men beside women and children. Now, if every man had a wife, we're now up to 10,000. If every man had, uh, if every family had two, uh, one to two uh, children, we're now looking at uh, 15 to 20,000 people that God was going to have to provide for. That Jesus Christ asked them, he said, why don't you go feed them? Why send them away? Why don't you feed them? And they said, Lord, how in the world can we feed them? That brings me, uh, uh, before I get into the first point, um, Mark chapter 8, verses 36 through 38. And this is where I'm going. This is kind of where the whole sermon is, is wrapped around. 
It says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful nation or generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And uh, my first point this morning, uh, or the first thing I want to talk to you about is uh, a question that the Lord asked his disciples after he'd done this miracle there in the wilderness in Mark chapter 6, verses 36 through 42. He said, uh, they said, send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed them and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. Amen. I'm glad that when the Lord gets in it, he will supply your every need. Amen. I'm glad that when the Lord gets in it, he is able to satisfy that hungry soul. Amen. I pray that some people came this morning hungry and desiring some bread from heaven. That's what I'm trying to give you this morning. It's some fresh bread from heaven. Listen, uh, Naomi, uh, after her sons and her uh, husband died, she had heard that the Lord had visited her people there in uh, Bethlehem, Judah. And she said, you know what? God is starting to bless. I remember how I used to serve the Lord. I remember how the Lord used to provide for me. I remember how the Lord used to take care of my family. Uh, and she said, I believe I'll just go back to where I belong. Listen, friend, if you're deciding whether or not you should stick with the Lord or not or you should walk away from him, I believe you ought to just get up close to the Lord and right where you belong. Because the Lord is able to satisfy that hungry soul. The Lord is able to satisfy that thirsty soul. Amen. And they did all eat and they were filled. Naomi got tired of feasting off of, uh, uh, of the uh, pleasures of Moab. Listen, I was studying the book of Moab. And listen, when I think of Moab as the wash pot, I didn't really think that it would be a, a rich city or a, a prosperous city. But when I started doing some research and studying on this land of Moab during this specific time, they were better off than Bethlehem Judah. I'm sure that, and I'm going to put it in 2020 terms, Bethlehem Judah had became like uh, Guatemala or a, a, a city of Mexico that is impoverished, that isn't wealthy. Uh, but uh, Moab was kind of like Oklahoma City. They had everything, or Nashville, Tennessee, or New York City. They had everything that you could imagine. They had the hotels. They had the fine uh, luxury uh, restaurants. They had the nice vehicles. They had uh, the better food. They probably were serving T-bone steaks in Moab, and they had bologna sandwiches in uh, Bethlehem, Judah. And that, that's kind of the visual uh, that I have uh, of these two cities. And that's why Elimelech decided, I'm going to go to Moab 
because I think I can take care of my family better where it's prosperous. And see, that's exactly how the devil will deceive us. He will say, oh, well, you, you can't get anything with the Lord. You can't have fun with the Lord. You might as well just go and find yourself prosperous and make money and get gain, buy and sell and get gain and, and just live it up. Do whatever you want to do. And that's how the devil works. He tells all oh, you, you just do whatever you want to do. Now, I told you, Judges 21, 25 says, And every man did according to that which was right in their own eyes. And that is exactly how the devil wants to deceive you. He wants to make everything right in your own eyes to lead you away from the very one that could supply every need in your life. Because when he leads you away, the city, it might be prosperous. But he will leave your soul barren and he will take everything from you. John chapter 6 verse 9 says, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? The disciples didn't think that the five loaves and two fishes would feed anybody but themselves. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know if five loaves and two fishes would fi fill me up. You got to understand it, it, and I always use this analogy when I preach on on the five loaves and two fishes. You ever seen those cornbread cast iron skillets that have the little? It, it makes cornbread sticks. That's kind of what I, I, I envision when this little lad has uh, uh, some five loaves and two fishes, because one of those skillets has about five things that makes five sticks of cornbread. So if you bake that and you have five cornbread sticks and, and I don't know what kind of fish he had, but maybe he had some trout. Pretty good eating. But maybe it was some bass. But that's too luxury. You know, that bass will fill you up. Trout, it'll fill you up. You can get quite a bit of meat off of it. But what I think of is I think of when I, when I was a child and, and fishing at, uh, at my father-in-law's place, I couldn't catch much of anything other than a bluegill. So I think of this little lad. All he had was maybe two pieces of bluegill fish and, and five loaves of cornbread sticks, and that was his lunch. That's all, he, that's all his parents packed for him that day. But that little lad went up to the Lord, and he said, Master, I know it ain't much, but you can use it if you want it. And in other books or in other gospels, Jesus took this bread, he broke it, and he gave thanks unto heaven because he knew that what these people needed was him. These people didn't need to go and buy and, and, and enjoy the pleasures of the world. The Lord will never turn you away if you'll come unto him. He will never turn you away and tell you to go find it somewhere else because he will supply every need in your life. John chapter 6, verses 63 through 67 says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and sh who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man could come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. And from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus said unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Now I want to stay there just for a little while because here uh, they have just seen a great miracle. They have just seen the master 
that they had been following their, their great Jewish teacher that they had been learning under, the Son of God, the Lamb of God that came to take away their sins and our sins. They had been walking with him. They had seen him raise the dead, heal the blinded eyes, heal the sick. He, he, he's done many wonderful miracles. But one of the greatest miracles that I believe he performed was how he fed the 5,000. Now, uh, you can say that he only fed 5,000 men. That's fine. But wouldn't it be so much greater for a man to take five loaves and two fishes and feed 30,000 people with it? It's possible. It said there was a great multitude. If you do the math, there could be upwards of 30,000 people there that had followed him. And the Bible says, and there was 12 basketfuls of fragments left over. Well, that could have fed 12 other families. But some preachers have suggested that maybe the Lord sent the 12 baskets home with a little lamb. Because if you'll give to the Lord, the Lord will always outgive you. Amen. 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 But these disciples, they had just seen these miracles. He had told them about how that their fathers in, uh, after they came out of Exodus, after they came out of Egypt, he told them how that uh, God the Father brought down manna from heaven. And he told them and shared with them how that, that manna from heaven represented him, represented the Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse, uh, uh, he said, uh, in verse 30, uh, 63, he said, And uh, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And he's talking about a, a, a spiritual bread uh, here, if you will. Notice uh, with me uh, that he asked the 12, he said, Will ye also go away? He's asking them if, if they've got their bellies full, because a lot of people, they'll come to church and, and, and they'll sit in church and they'll hear the word and, and they'll get just enough to satisfy them and then they're gone again. They don't ever get saved. They don't ever get right with God, but they come and they get just enough of the Lord to say, well, I'm all right now. I can go and do it as I please. A lot of people have seen, well, this man done a great thing, but I don't believe he's the son of God. And that's why the Bible says, and from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. The things of the world was more precious to them than the Son of God. And he asked the twelve, he said, Are the things of this world more precious to you, or am I more precious than you? Listen, friend, every one of us will have a decision to make. Will you choose the world, or will you choose the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, I believe it is, that man cannot serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Either you will leave the one or cling to the other. But you cannot serve God and mammon. Today you must decide. Those, by the way, of the Internet are going to have to hear my voice and hear the Holy Spirit today, and they will have to decide for themselves whether or not they're going to stay with the Lord Jesus Christ where the bread is, or if they're going to go with the way of the world and have pleasures in sin for a season, but after that, then sudden destruction will come. Listen, we're seeing all over the news now. I don't have cable, and my, my father kind of keeps me up to date on world news, but uh, just in the last couple of weeks, there's been peace treaty after peace treaty signed over in the Middle East. And listen, I've got a prophetic book back there. You can read it for yourself, and it, 
that peace treaty is lining up the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Antichrist will be revealed after he reigns for a few years. The Lord Jesus Christ will come back and defeat him in the battle of Armageddon, and we will come back with him and reign during the millennium. Listen, you better get ready, friend, and you better choose what side you're on. Because if there's ever a time, listen, it ain't between the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. It is between right and wrong. It's between unbelievers and the true child of God. It's between the world and the church. It's between sin and righteousness. This is no longer a political war. It is no longer a financial war. Friend, we are in a spiritual war, and you better decide on whose army you're on. Should I stay or should I go? How are you going to respond? Ruth chapter 1, verses 8 through 15. Read you this. It says, And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, in essence, she's saying the same thing that the Lord asked the 12 disciples. Notice what she says. Go, return each to her mother's house, and the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? And there are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Uh, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? And would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Although... Naomi had heard how the Lord had visited her people in Bethlehem. Her heart was still in Moab. She's seen the pleasures that Moab had. She's seen how prosperous they were financially with the food. And there were young men there that those women could go back. And she thought in her heart that if Orpah and Ruth would just go back to where they belong, that they can marry and have children and have a good life. That's what she was thinking. I believe the Lord spoke to Ruth there in Moab. I believe that uh, Ruth had got a hold of something. I believe that the Lord had already dealt with Ruth. And Ruth had already made up her mind that if the Lord would visit her, that she would go and leave her country. And that's what happens. That's what has to happen. Is that when the Lord deals with you, you have to choose whether you're going to stay or go. Is you're going to stay with the conviction of God and get close to the Lord and let Him be your Savior and let Him have complete control of your life or you will turn back and go your own way. And Ruth said, if the Lord will deal with me, I will go where Naomi goes. 
Her God shall be my God, and where she lodges, I will lodge, and of the bread that she eats of, I will eat, I will be her people, I will become like them. And listen, friend, when the Lord makes you decide, if you choose Him, He will make you change. He will change everything about you. Yourself will not be your God anymore. Your belly will not be your God anymore. Your wealth will not be your God anymore. Friend, your world will not be your God anymore, but He will be your God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, He said, I will be a God unto them, and they shall be my people. He desires for us to be His. He wants us. But Ruth, she cared so much about these two daughters that she forgot. She cared about them physically. And, how, and listen, I think all parents worry about their children, how they're going to do after they move out of the house. Are they going to be prosperous? Are they going to be successful? Are they going to be able to provide for themselves? Are they going to marry and find husbands and bear children? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? And that's natural for a parent to do. But she forgot the spiritual impact that she was leaving on these women. Notice that her uh, persuasion that she had gave to these two women it, pers uh, it persuaded Orpah so much that she started thinking, well, if I go to Bethlehem, I may never get married. I, I, I may never bear children. I may never have a nice house. I may never have a nice car. I may never. And she starts saying, and that's the way the devil works. Well, you might not ever do this. Well, you might not ever get to have this or that. And listen, children are a heritage unto the Lord. God loves the little children. And God wants you to find a godly man to marry. God wants you to find a godly spouse that will worship Him together. And listen, I believe that if Orpah would have done what Ruth had done and just said, Naomi, I'm going to go with you all the way. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stay where there is bread. I'm going to stay where the Lord is at. I'm going to follow you. Then I believe the Lord would have granted that Orpah would have had the same marriage that Ruth had. Ruth, in Matthew chapter 1, is in the lineage of Christ. And listen, when you get born again and you come into the family of God, you get put into that lineage. Amen? We're in the lineage today, those that are saved. And I believe that Orpah could have had the same promise. She could have been put in that same lineage with Ruth. If she would have just trusted Naomi, if she would have just listened uh, and followed them into uh, uh, into uh, Bethlehem, Judah. Dr. Warren Wiersbe said, Orpah was not far from the kingdom, but she made the wrong decision and turned back. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but we wonder whether her heart was really in it. For her decision proved that her heart was back home where she hoped to find a husband. Orpah left the scene and is never mentioned again in the scriptures. When I thought about Orpah, after I read uh, John chapter 6, verse 71, notice what it says. John 6 and 71. It says, Jesus answered them, have, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. 
for it was he that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Listen, those twelve men, they had the opportunity to, to return back just as the other followers had. But Peter, uh, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, I'll just move on to my next point. I've got to be quick this morning. Entreat me not to leave thee. Jesus asked, will you also go away? Ruth told her family, or those two women, said, just go back to Moab. Go back to where you can find a prosperous life and find husbands. And Ruth, out of the, I think it's one of the most profound statements in all the Old Testament, she said, entreat me not to leave thee. Because she knew that what she needed and what could uh, bless her the most was found in Bethlehem. She had heard about how there was a God there. How he was rich in mercy. Perhaps maybe she had heard, for his mercy endureth forever with an outstretched arm. Maybe she had heard about how there were some good-looking young men in Bethlehem rather than there in Moab. Listen, it wasn't all about the wealth and the fame for Ruth. She said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. What did the apostle Peter tell the Lord? Look with me in uh, verses 68 through 71 of John chapter 6. He said, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Can you see the similarities this morning? Can you see that you will have a decision to make? You will either decide to walk away from the Lord Jesus Christ, who can give you bread for your soul, or you will choose to go with the world. Listen, Orpah was so close to getting what she needed. But she kissed Naomi and went back to Moab. These followers of Christ, they were so close to what they needed, yet they turned back because they had oxen to take care of. They had just married a wife unseen. They had to go and see what she looked like, and they had to take care of her. Made up all kinds of excuses. You can make up excuses today, but you will not outrun the wrath of God. You will not outrun it. I find it interesting that Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And uh, in John 6, Peter said, Lord, Lord, to whom shall we go? And that's what Ruth was saying. She was saying, Naomi, where am I going to go? I've been in Moab all my life. There's nothing I want there. She was willing to risk it all to find the blessings of heaven. I find it interesting that not only did Orpah kiss Naomi in return, but so did Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot walked with the Lord, was so close to the Lord, seen the miracles that the Lord Jesus performed while he was here on earth, Heard the word of God. Listen, the Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 4 that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's also in Deuteronomy chapter 8, I believe it is. But we see that Jesus was not only 
the Son of God. Not only is He the bread of life, but He is the Word of God. And with Him, He will not only feed you physically, but He will feed you spiritually. He can meet every physical need in your life as well as the spiritual need. Who will you go to? Should I stay or should I go? Peter knew that he would lose it all if he chose to go with the world instead of staying with the bread of life. Whereas we said, God delights in showing mercy. And often he shows his mercy to the least likely people in the least likely places. This is the sovereign grace of God who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Lastly, this morning, we also go away. Entreat me not to leave thee. One of those will be your answer. You'll either go away or you'll say, Lord, entreat me not to leave thee. For where, thou, where he is, that's where I want to be. Let me declare unto you this morning, lastly, just for a few moments, Christ Jesus is the bread of life. He has it all. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. You might suffer many things here on earth, but if you have the Lord Jesus in your life, you will enjoy the riches of heaven for all eternity. What is a little suffering down here? What is being broke down here when you got your name written down in glory and you're going to be walking on the thing that we wear on our hands? Amen? We wear gold in our ears. Some people wear gold in their nose. Some men wear gold watches. Gold wedding bands. See, we wear gold here, but up there, we're going to be walking on it. The thing that is most expensive, the thing that is most luxurious to, to people down here on this world, we wear it on our hands and, and, and on our bodies, but up there, it is just as asphalt. Here, we're going to be walking on it. I mean, honestly, this morning, what is it to gain the whole world? Listen, I'll go back to Mark chapter 8. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Think about it this morning. Christ is the bread of life. In John chapter 6, verses 32 through 41, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father which, you, which, you, which giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. <coughs> I underline this in my notes. But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. In Ruth chapter 1, verse number 6, the last part, it says, For she had heard in, that, in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. May I say unto you that the Lord is here and He desires to give you bread. He desires to give you bread to the full. He desires to bless you with everlasting life. And the only way that you can have everlasting life is that if you partake in the true bread from heaven, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 6, verse 32 but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. That's Jesus. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me uh, shall, uh, shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. That is the will of God. Friend, it is God's will for you to come out of the land of Moab and to feast on the bread of heaven. Just come back to Bethlehem, Judah. Come back to where the bread is. Come back to where the praise is. Just come back to Him and let Him become the Lord of your life. And whosoever which seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have everlasting life. And I will raise Him up at the last day. And the Jews then murmured at Him because He said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And John chapter 6 verses 47 through 51 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Verse 48. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Man cannot live by bread alone. But man will live, a, man will live forever when they choose the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is that living bread. And he gave his life for the world. He broke his flesh. He broke his body. So that we, and that's why we partake of the Lord's Supper. That's why we eat unleavened bread and drink the, the juice. Is because it's a resemblance of what Christ done for us at Calvary. How that he broke his body and gave thanks unto God. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So that every man whosoever will come and take of this bread of heaven shall take part in the Lord's crucifixion and also the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is that bread of heaven. He is the living bread and He wants to feed you. He wants to give you everlasting life. In Ruth chapter 1 verses 21 and 22 this morning, Naomi said, now I'm going to back up just a few verses. As they came into Bethlehem, Judah, some of the men that Naomi might have grown up with, they were sitting out uh, in the streets and they seen Naomi and this Moabitess girl, Ruth, uh, come into the city. And they started chit-chatting between each other like men do. And they said, is not that Naomi? We ain't seen her in 10 years. I'm sure one probably nudged the other and said, you remember how Elimelech took his family? Thought it'd be better down there in Moab. 
Thought they would just spend a little time there before they came back. You remember how Elimelech went down there and how sin deceived them? How the Lord didn't visit with them for 10 years? Y'all remember that? As they looked up, I'm sure they seen Naomi walking the street. She might have been going back to the old home place that they had sold. Maybe she was looking for a relative to stay with. But as those men talked amongst themselves, I'm sure they were trying to be friendly, didn't want to judge her for what her husband had led them into doing. But I'm sure that those men looked and with a smile on their face, they probably waved and said, Hello, Naomi. It's good to see you again. And she looked at them, and I'm sure as they said that, great tears filled her eyes. I'm sure as they tried to welcome her back into the city, she still felt like an outcast. But she had great tears in her eyes, and she told them, she said, I'm not the same woman that I used to be. I'm not the same pleasant woman that I was 10 years ago. She said, call me not Naomi anymore. Just call me Mara. Because the Lord sent me out. She said, the Lord has dealt bitterly against me. Verse 21 of Ruth chapter 1. says, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me again empty. Brought me home again empty. Why then call you me Naomi? Seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. Listen, she might have been away from the Lord, but she knew who her God was. She might have been backslid, walking in a, 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 a unlawful relationship. And listen, I believe that you can walk in disobedience and be out of fellowship with the Lord. She still knew who her God was. She still knew who her God was. She knew exactly where she needed to be to increase that right fellowship with Him. She called Him by the name uh, El Shaddai, the Almighty. She said, the uh, El Shaddai hath afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. What a blessing. When you'll just decide, you know what, I'm sick and tired of the life that I'm living. I'm sick and tired of the misery that I'm suffering. I'm sick and tired of enjoying the pleasures of sin and coming home empty. Because listen, sin will please you for just a moment. But when it's done, when you've ran out of alcohol, when you've ran out of the drugs, when you've ran out of the sex, when you've ran out of the gambling, when you've ran out of whatever you might think of, you're left wanting and you're left empty. But I can promise you this. The Lord has never left me empty. Not once. Sometimes we start to get hungry. We feel like we're walking in a dry spell. Maybe there's sin in your life. Maybe there's not. I searched myself when I was walking through the dry spell. When I, I didn't feel like I had a connection with the Holy Spirit. Usually I come in on Monday or Mondays or Tuesdays and, and I feel the Lord speaking to me and directing me in my study. In the last couple of weeks, I just hadn't felt that. And I've had to go through the motions, if you will, and, and do the digging myself and pray and say, Lord, I'm trying, I'm looking, I'm searching. I need something. Please help me. 
And, and, and as I done that, I, I searched myself and I said, Lord, if there's any wicked way in me, forgive me. Cleanse me. Help me to walk in that right fellowship because, listen, it is a daily process and we have to keep ourselves in the right fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And if there is sin in your life, the Holy Spirit, He's not going to be full. You're not going to be full if you have sin in your life. Sin is kind of like a bag of popcorn. You can eat the whole bag, and when you finish, you're as hungry as you were before you started eating. But I'm glad that the Lord is like a homemade yeast bread. You eat you a slice or two of that, and it'll leave you full. It'll satisfy you. I'm glad the Lord is something that is lasting. Lasting. The alcohol is not lasting. The drugs is not out uh, is not lasting. But the Lord, if you will choose to stay with Him, He is lasting. Don't be like Orpah and Judas Iscariot. Don't go back to the pleasures in this life, but stay and make Christ the Lord of heaven, whose will is for whosoever will to be born again and blessed with the eternal blessings in Christ Jesus. Miss Sue, if you will, come to the piano. Warren Wiersbe said, When you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1, you find the names of five women, four of whom have very questionable credentials. Tamar. Some of y'all may know who Tamar is. Some of y'all have read her. Tamar committed incest with her father-in-law. But she's found in the lineage of Christ. Rahab was a Gentile harlot who hid the spies when Joshua sent the spies into the land of Jericho. Rahab was a Gentile harlot. And because she was faithful to rescue those spies, they spared her. Rahab would actually be the grandmother of Boaz. Ruth was an outcast Gentile Moabitess who became the mother, the wife of Boab, Boaz, who became the mother of Obed. And Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. Ruth was an outcast Gentile. And Notice how Matthew chapter 1 describes Bathsheba. Describes her as the wife of Uriah, who was an adulteress. How did they ever become a part of the family of the Messiah? Through the sovereign grace and mercy of God. Because God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you just need to come and renew your fellowship with the Lord. Perhaps you've never been saved before. Maybe you just thought you were. Maybe you just thought that coming to church was enough. Friend, I'm here to tell you that it is not enough. Because church will leave you hungry. Church will leave you hungry. It's not about church. Because church is religion, and it ain't about religion. It's about a relationship. 
a relationship with that true bread of heaven. I think Ruth is a beautiful picture of how God took a sinner out of sin, placed her in a place of blessing. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5, I believe it is, says that, and that He has seated us in heavenly places in Christ. He has taken us out of that sin and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful picture the book of Ruth is and how God took a sinner woman, made her a saint, and she is now in the lineage of Christ. What a blessing. And perhaps if the Lord be willing, maybe I can preach Ruth chapter 2 after next week. Maybe I can preach the whole book of Ruth. I don't know. We'll see. See how the Lord leads. But what a beautiful picture of a redemptive near kinsman in the Lord Jesus Christ.